You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and good day, San Jose, and welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser, and I'm joined by two of my co-hosts today, Nick Flora and Kyle McLaren. Kyle, I'll, I'll start with you, because you had a bit of a mishap last week, and I think the people want to hear about that. <laughs> you know, as funny as I was cleaning off a brisket, right? Getting it ready to smoke. <laughs> Already got it all done, was cleaning my knife and sliced three of my fingers uh but almost cut through the tendon so I had to go let's let's let's, let's get a close up of the of the fingers yeah, oh there oh, okay i'm still trying to get over to bend it this Kyle way. for the fans could you rip off the band-aid and really show us no nah, it's okay you don't want to see you don't want to do that <laughs> no okay okay fair no. enough fair enough nick how you doing buddy i'm doing great weather's uh, wonderful down here in uh, california central california uh nate thomas popping in saying boys one minute late what's going on he's commenting that from facebook well you know producer pigeon was late today actually so i'll, I'll blame it on that I'll, I'll blame producer pigeon i attest to that i saw him <laughs> i saw i saw him flying in late he was whoo, looked like he had a, a piece of like a stale piece of bread in his mouth like he was... <laughs> there's some wonder bread sticking out of there That's oh yeah saying. i knew it i knew it all right boys uh before we get into it let's give a shout out to our twitter handles you can follow the show on Twitter at Stick Hungry Pod. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. Nick, where can the fans find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nick Floor underscore. And Kyle? Uh, McLaren underscore K. You didn't write it on your uh, your stream My thing hand. here. So uh, <laughs> I, I was a little worried you were going to screw that one up, but you nailed it. Uh, right. We have a good show today, actually. We're going to talk some reverse retro jerseys, uh, a little Thanksgiving talk for you Americans. I'm well, Kyle, you're basically an American now, so I'm going to say I'm the only Canadian here. Uh, mm. <laughs> and then we also have a great interview coming up with Riley Armstrong, and then Nick will try it. Uh, oh but let's uh, let's get started on the reverse retro jersey talk. Boys, I, I want to hear your top three and bottom three jerseys out of, out of the entire league. Nick, I'll, I'll start with you. So... Uh... Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of homerism in my decision because I'm I'm a huge Sharks fan. Uh, but number one was the Abs, in my opinion. Really, I okay. loved I okay. loved the throwback to the Quebec Nordiques. Like the whole, I loved the whole getup. It was absolutely gorgeous. I, I love the fleur de lis along the bottom. I love the color scheme. I love everything about it. Uh, number two for me, and this was a bit tough to decide because uh, number three for me is obvious. But number two, I actually went with the Coyotes. I just I really just fucking love the Kachina and that that purple along with like the desert scene on the bottom. I really liked it. I just I, it was a tough one between that one and the Whalers, but I had to give it to the Coyotes just on creativity. And then third, obviously, if I, I wouldn't be a Sharks fan if I didn't have the Sharks jersey in there. I absolutely love that. The, they did exactly what was asked of them. Take a jersey, invert the colors, bada bing. And that's what they did. They got the, the gray as their primary color on the I think it was the 98 throwback. So that's my top three. I, I think they nailed it. I think the Sharks absolutely nailed it. Uh, Kyle, what's your uh, what's your top three? 
top three, and I, I can't go from one to three. I'll give you my three, though, is, is uh, Avalanche, definitely bring them back to Quebec Nordiques, uh, logos and stuff. Uh, I like the Hartford Whalers. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a retro for Carolina. They've worn it in the past, but um, it's a unique design. Anyway, there's a few toss-ups, but I'm going to have to say with the Boston Bruins. I just like what they mm. did. It's something, I mean, taking a classic and just changing it a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, those are the three I like. Well, it's hard to screw up that Boston jersey. Let's be honest. Yeah. Like yeah. they they had it pretty easy there. Um, my top three. Now, also, I'm gonna have some homerism in this one as well because I'm gonna throw the San Jose Sharks in there. I think they nailed the jersey. That's definitely in my top three. Uh, the Whalers. I, I agree with Kyle. The the gray, the blue, the green. It just looks so good together. Oh, I, I absolutely love it. Um, yep. you know, for me, it's a toss up between these two for my final third spot. The LA Kings. I actually really like it. Like it's out there. It's purple, yellow. Yeah. I think they nailed it. Um, and the New Jersey Devils. That's another one that's hard to screw up, but I think that one looks great with the green. Like, man, I wish they would just stick with that as their regular jersey. I, I love it so much. It was beautiful. Like, those are the other two that I had kind of in contention with the third place spot, or sorry, with the second place spot was both the Kings. Cause I mean, yeah, I hate the Kings franchise, but like, that's a damn good color scheme. Obviously, like a little bit of a homage to that, like the Lakers as well. And then with the Gretzky era logo in the front, it's just, they did a hell of a job, just a really good job. And then you had reverse Christmas on the devils. I would have took those over the black ones they used to have. Uh, any mm-hmm. day. The, pur- the purple yeah. and gold always looks nice. I mean, if you look back in the seventies and eighties, that's what they wore. Those are the, I mean, they're hot colors. Yeah, they are. Uh, yep. Sharks fan underscore Oh three. Steve's uh, chiming in. He's saying Arizona caps and Chicago. Um, you know, I like the Chicago one as well. That, that It didn't make any of my lists, but I, I think that's a pretty clean jersey. Uh, Nick, let's let's hear your bottom three now. The, this should get interesting. So I'm going to go like in, I don't know if it's descending or ascending order. So third worst for me is St. Louis because oh, there's the St. Louis blues and it's a fucking red jersey. Like I get it. They reverse the colors. That's I the understand that, but use the yellow or something. Like, I don't know. It's just, I well, don't The like yellow would have been disgusting. Yeah, I yeah, don't know. Maybe you choose a different era. They have, they have so many different options they could have chosen from, and they chose that. I just I don't really understand it. Plus, I never like the numbers on the back of the jersey. I, I, I never like that, like, a diagonal, like, one's larger than the other one. It just looks tacky to me. Uh, second worst, in my opinion, is just the Islanders, mainly for lack of trying, because <laughs> it's it's basically what they have right now. I don't know if people on the podcast, if you're listening in uh, on Monday, if if you go and you look at the reverse retro jersey for the Islanders, you might just be actually looking at their current jersey and not know it. And then obviously for me, the worst one's going to be the Red Wings because it's <laughs> as if they procrastinated until five minutes prior to the deadline to submit these. And then they're just like, ah, shit, just throw some white and silver in there and call it a day. I- I've said it before. You could have paid me half and it would have come up with something way better uh, than what the Red Wings did with that jersey. It's so brutal. bad. It's brutal. State of Hoppy actually popping in and saying, the Blues jersey is great. Go eat some Vegemite. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather not. <laughs> Thank you, though. Kyle, let's hear your bottom three. I'm, mine are easy. Detroit, Dallas, and the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, just okay. the colors. Are, I mean, the, to me, the Detroit and the Dallas ones look like uh, practice sweaters. I mean, I could have thrown in the mm. Ducks there as well, but the Jets, I'm like, that is so much gray. You know, it's just so I much agree. gray. I and I just I just think they're dull. 
I, I agree. I think they're dull as well. Like I, I love the logo. I love that old yep. logo, but it's just, it doesn't pop to me. It's kind of like the Detroit situation. It almost looks like a practice Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not a huge fan of that one either. Oh, we had a little bit of a uh, timeout there from Dylan. It looks like he's running into Ooh. some problems, but to talk to you, uh, Kyle about the Dallas stars, I don't know if you noticed, but where it says stars, it's actually silver and white as well. Like you can yep. barely even see it on the jersey. It's pretty bad. Yep. Yeah, you look, um, at here, so, you look at it right here, and it's just a, a generic ruler, in my opinion. So it's just, I don't know. I mean, I think they could have done a lot better. I mean, they have their Dallas has their what black and those neon green jerseys now. So maybe yeah, they're I mean, gonna maybe they're gonna split those two up. Yeah, I don't know how often they're gonna plan on wearing these jerseys. Um, I feel like they could have thrown a little bit more black in there to kind of differentiate yep. what's going on on the front crest. But yeah, I agree. It just looks horrendous right now. Yeah. Uh, we're, still, we're still having some technical difficulties with Dylan right now. I don't know. Uh, maybe having some issues there in the studio. We're just gonna we're gonna move forward a little bit here. Talk about uh, a little bit of Sharks prospect stuff. Uh, Thomas Bordalo actually made a little bit of headlines uh, with a phenomenal overtime goal for Michigan. Uh, were you able to check that goal out, Kyle? Yeah, I saw it. It's, uh, I mean, a great move. I don't know if he can make that in the NHL. Uh, but he went nice hands, soft hands, uh, and freaking nice goal. Yeah, it looked it looked pretty great. I mean, honestly, it, the commentating from SportsCenter or ESPN was terrible. They just said, from there to there to the <laughs> net. It was horrendous. But he did a nice little toe drag around a defender that was uh, kind of bailing out. And then he backhanded it over the, uh, I think it was the glove. I'm not sure. He backhanded it over the, at least over the blocker. So he did a phenomenal job. And for a second round pick on a star-studded team like Michigan, it's something that the Sharks fans kind of can just look forward to having within a couple of years. We talked about getting younger and faster, especially yep. you, Kyle, uh, dogging on the Sharks about not getting <laughs> young enough or fast enough to compete in what? today's NHL. Dude, it's just nice to see young products like that, that you that the Sharks have drafted, that is doing well, and he's probably on the third or fourth line right now, but you know, goals like that is going to move him up, and he might be a couple years away from making the Sharks. Uh, if they hold on to him and develop him, like we all think he could be, but uh, phenomenal goal. I'd, I'd trip over my skates if I try to do something like that, I'd trip over a stick or throw the puck over the net. Yeah. I mean, it, it takes a, a bit of skill. And, and like you said, it's, it's not easy to do again. It, it's a little bit easier in the college scene per se, yeah. but it, it still takes a level of, a you know, that skill and ability to be able to execute uh, that sort of goal. So it's good for sharks to look forward to. So, Moving forward, we're going to talk a little bit about American tradition, a little bit of Thanksgiving. Oh, look, Dylan decided to rejoin us. The uh, the internet cut out, boys. Uh, as, as I was talking about the lights flickering, the internet went out. So oh, that uh, was horrendous. Let's let's hope I can stick around for the rest of the show. Yeah, that would be nice. <laughs> so we didn't get to your bottom three, Dylan, on the reverse retros. We we kind of already transferred into the Thomas Bordalo goal and kind of touched on that oh, a little geez. bit. Oh, jeez. Um, so Anaheim Ducks, that's in my bottom three. Absolute disaster. Um, it looks like, you know, someone in grade six drew that up. I can't believe that was ever an actual jersey for them. Uh, the Red Wings, that one is terrible as well. They took a white jersey, got some tinfoil, wrapped it around the arm. Uh, and the Vancouver Canucks was also absolutely terrible. Looks like a Sprite can. Uh, you know, it's an homage to one of the worst eras in Canucks history. I mean, I look at that jersey and I think of Mark Messier, and that makes me puke my mouth a little bit. So those mm. are my bottom three uh, reverse retro jerseys. 
It's a very respectable bottom wow. three. I understand all of them. They're very, yep. I mean, you had these lined up, like ready in the barrel, ready to shoot. Like you're ready to take some frustrations out specifically on the Canucks. Oh, the, the Canucks, they butchered it. They absolutely butchered it. And the, and the thing is the Vancouver Canucks, I mean, they have so many logos. They have, there's so much they could have worked with, but they decided to stay with the Orca and go to the worst color scheme that they've ever had. I, I don't know what they were thinking. I really don't. Yeah, I couldn't give you a, a single shred of logic as to why they decided to end up with that, but at least it wasn't as bad as Detroit. So, <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. I'll take it. So, uh, I, I guess I came back in the middle of your boys' uh, Thanksgiving talk. What, what were you getting into? Oh, we had just started. We had actually okay. just started talking about Thanksgiving. I was going to hand it off to Kyle and kind of get a rundown of what his favorite dish would be around this American Thanksgiving tradition. You know what's funny is uh, I used to cook turkey all the time. And then I, uh, big my mother-in-law, guy. big turkey guy. But uh, honestly, it's uh, primary is what I do now. And uh, I don't know if I'm going to smoke it this year or just cook in the oven. But uh, we went, we actually went prime rib and uh, uh, lot either lobster or uh, or crab legs. Whatever I find at Costco usually is what I usually get. <laughs> you have a smoker and you're considering putting that thing in the oven? Come on now, Kyle. Well, it depends. I mean, I've, ne- I've never done. I've, I've never done a, such a big meat. I mean, on a smoker, I've done. You know, I've done turkey or you know ribs, but I've never done either a turkey or a nice prime rib. So it's, you know, it's just getting used to it. But I'll probably end up trying it once or twice. No problem. What's opinion there? on stuffing? Where, where are we at on stuffing? Uh, dude, it's it's so middle of the ground with me. I can't even yeah. begin to like fathom. When I was younger. I kind of liked it when I was older. I started to not like it as much because I discovered other things that tasted better. I think it, I mean, stovetop's still like king of stuffing in my opinion, but it's, it all depends on like how well it's cooked within the turkey. I've noticed because if the turkey tastes like crap, the stuffing usually follows suit because stuff from inside the turkey follows through. So I don't know. Stuffing's kind of like a, it's a six and a half or seven out of 10 for me every time. Well, I mean, for Canadian Thanksgiving, I think I talked about it on the show, actually. I made a beef Wellington. Uh, now, that thing is, that, that's that's something else. I'm, I'm going to try and make that again for Christmas. Uh, I've been watching too much Gordon Ramsay lately, so I had to get on the beef Wellington train. Gotcha. Gotcha. Ne- What's never, your... never made it. <laughs> yeah, no? we've never, I've never tried it here either. No, never made it. Yep. Well, boys, I would try it. I mean, I tried it for the first time a few weeks ago, and... Uh, I'm a different man now. I really am. It changed me. He's not wearing hats anymore. He got his hair all done up. Look exactly. at Exactly. I mean, I'm, I'm pulling my life together now because of the beef Wellingtons. So has it right? become your favorite dish for Thanksgiving now that you've done it? Uh, that's that's tough. I'd have to do it a couple of years in a row to really solidify that position. But it's up there. It's up there. It's it's not an easy meal to prepare. Like, you got to put some work in this. Yeah. You're rolling you, the you, dough out. You're wrapping the meat with the mustard. You're going at it. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, but you get what you put into it, you know? You get out of it what you put in. So for me, it's got to be old school mashed potatoes and gravy, but the gravy has to be a turkey gravy. It can't be like a super brown gravy. That paired with the turkey on Thanksgiving, for me, is just always knocked it out of the park, um, personally. So Open-faced turkey sandwiches after Thanksgiving are my all-time favorite. I I, I don't know, boys, but I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I think... I think turkey is a little bit overrated. I mean, the, the the chance of it being dry as hell is always there. Like, rarely yeah, but it's, you get a perfectly cooked turkey. 
Yeah, but and we're not the meat that much better than anything else. I'll tell we're... you what, not better than a beef Wellington. We're not saying the turkey's amazing. We're just saying that the byproduct of the turkey can be yes. amazing. Yes. You know, the turkey is always like a seven and a half out of ten, no matter what. I've had a couple yep. of really, really great turkeys in my 60s. life. <laughs> yeah, I've had some fives, my man. It's been some pretty bad turkeys. But it's the stuff you can use the turkey for after Thanksgiving is what kind of makes it all that well. Like a cold, like a cold turkey sandwich, like Kyle said, like the yep. day after is just yep. so good. You, you can make sure chicken sandwich. I ain't buying it. I ain't buying it. Cold turkey oh, sandwich. I will send you yep. a picture on Twitter and I will have the Stick Hungry podcast tweeted out that the turkey sandwiches with mayonnaise and pepper on it are yep. so good. So good. Shane Van Ice actually saying dark meat turkey is amazing. Thighs and legs are really good. Can't lie about that. This is, uh... But so with favorites out of the way, what's your guys' least favorite dish? What's something that you look at and you're like, you know, I'll like I'll me tell you right now. I already with the got Vegemite. <laughs> Cranberry sauce. I'm going yes. to get some hate for this. I can't stand that stuff. It's absolutely disgusting, especially yep. the ones that come in the can. It's just a thick jelly and you get it out the can and it's st you still see like the ridges the in the can i am oh that God. is like chernobyl's finest i ain't putting <laughs> that in my so stomach bad it's, it's so bad yep well I, i'm glad we agree on something here it's horrendous like you're cutting God, slices out of it like what the fuck is this it is no. so bad not worth it i hate it that and me personally that and yams are right next to each other just not a huge fan of yams just I know okay, some people like the candied yams with the marshmallows on top. Like I can understand that because it's got a bit of sweetness to it. Sugar. But like just straight up out the can yams and straight up out the can cranberry sauce is so, <laughs> so bad. I will not be trying that on the Nick will try it segment. I promise. Nick, what about what about potato fries like yam fries? Do you like those? They I mean, with the right seasoning on the fries. Yeah. But like rarely if I see it, if I have French regular French fries or sweet potato fries, I'll get regular French fries. Fair like, enough. It's it's just a preference. Well, uh, we should ask Riley uh, when he jumps on here after the break what his opinion on the sweet potatoes is. I'm sure, I'm sure he'd love to get in on that conversation. Uh, yeah, yeah, I probably would. <laughs> but speaking of that, we're going to get right into the interview with Riley Armstrong after the break here. You're listening to episode 81 of the Stick Hungry Podcast. Hey, hockey fans. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. We host the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. We're lifelong hockey fans who talk about the game and the lifestyle. Our guests include professional hockey players. My rookie party had to wear Speedo, and then we had a checklist of stuff we had to do. Here we go, Gaber. What do you got to say? And it's kind of <laughs> like, you know better than that now, boys. I got dressed for the Bruins. I get a phone call. He's like, dude, we need you over here by the elevator. You got to get downstairs. You got to get dressed right now. I started playing the like, dun, 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 and I turned it around and it had the Olympic rings and said, we did it. NHL team hockey reporters. I actually took the Stanley Cup to this ice bar where they've got now girls around them and I've got a fur coat on. <laughs> I wonder who, who he should have checked over here. <laughs> and then <laughs> I looked down at my feet. Hockey fans. The entire bar was lined with guys in Kings jerseys. We quickly realized, oh my gosh, this is the dad's trip. And we bring unique hockey stories to light. Coming back to England, 24 Great. rings in the entire country. That's where the problem starts with the sport of ice hockey here. Canadian Blind Hockey Association, those few kids we interviewed, their whole week is built around Sunday at the rink. They're just hockey players. We don't agree on everything. Pineapple goes on pizza. 
<gasps> no, it does not. <laughs> I think it does. Well, we do agree that there are many people and places that build the House of Hockey. New episodes every Tuesday. Come on in to the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, head coach of the Maine Mariners, Riley Armstrong. Riley, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing great, boys. How uh, how's everything going out there? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, I, I understand you already know one of our co-hosts here, uh, Kyle McLaren. And I quickly want to jump to this question. What did you honestly think of this guy the first time you met him? Well, first of all, I don't know him by Kyle McLaren. I know him by Dave Matt, so just his voice whenever uh came back we're talking a lot uh the the gym working out his voice just carries over and he just dominates the room so he's uh <laughs> the one thing you you almost get in, intimidated by him right off the bat but he is well, a big teddy bear that, that, <laughs> i hope so <laughs> Is it full That's beard? Why we got him on the podcast, uh, man. That very white is it, voice. Is it full? How's your beard looking? There's no white hair in there yet, is there? Oh no, no, no! But coaching in the ECHL, I got some white hairs coming in up over here. That's awesome. Speaking of Kyle, let's stay on that train. You got any good stories with this guy? We we try and get it out of him, but he, he's just he's a little too humble, a little too conservative. We got to get some stories uh, about Mr. Kyle McLaren here. Oh yeah, you know I think just going back to uh, you know not not probably a highlight of uh, KMAC's career, but when he came down to Worcester, I think it was during the 0809 season, um, he he came in and pretty much kind of took me under his wing a little bit. Um, the one story that I I, I can say is uh, we're <laughs> we're uh, going into like a two game set and. Uh, Kate Kamak, uh, he's obviously making a lot more money than everybody in with the Worcester <laughs> Sharks is. So he writes on the board, you know, $500 for the game winner. So I caught, I catch fire that night, right? I score the game winner. We go into the next night. I score the game winner again, but he wrote another $500 on the board. So he takes me up to a buddy's place uh, in, in New Hampshire. I get this audio set put into my car and I can flip this switch under my steering wheel and my navigation turns into a TV. So while I'm driving, I'm watching DVDs on the way home to Saskatoon. <laughs> Unbelievable. Best that's gift amazing. Best gift. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah, driving that's to Saskatchewan. Some stories. Yeah, driving to yeah. Saskatchewan, you probably need that in your car to be honest with you. Oh yeah, Whatever. Oh, yeah. you got a lot. You got a lot going on when you're driving four days straight but i think i went through about uh you know it's it's a guys people listening it's not the safest idea to drive on the highway when you got dvds playing but for all you young kids listening uh don't take anything we say too seriously yeah don't try this at home kids don't do that yeah oh we're trained uh, professionals yeah you know I, I i got a lot with uh k-mac even just from being on the ice working on different skills but uh just like that, that kind of things, uh, other stuff of, uh, we got on a pretty good run in the playoffs 
and uh, he would always take me and my one uh, roommate, Dan De Silva. We'd go to the 111 Chop House downtown Worcester yeah. every night, and we're talking steak dinners. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kyle, you did. You gotta get ready for me. Hey, you gotta get ready for the game somehow. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. <laughs> oh, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. You know, it, it just Dan Dan lived lived with me in Worcester and also lived with me in the off season in Saskatoon. So um to this day we still talk about K Mac. He's definitely a name that uh, doesn't go forgotten uh in a lot of conversations that I have with a lot of former players, you know, Jamie McGinn, Derek Joslin. Yeah. Um uh, Joe Pavelski, I see the jersey hanging up there, and also Logan, uh, just chatting with those guys too. Uh, K-Max always a name that always comes up all the time. That's hard, awesome. Hard That's to awesome. forget a guy like uh, a guy like Kyle, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can never forget, forget about me. Yeah, you can't forget about me. <laughs> he doesn't let you. He's just texting you at three a.m. Hey, you up? <laughs> I used to. I used to when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> and Kyle, Kyle's and in what, bed by nine o'clock now, folks. Just now, just oh, hey, you would, Army would be up. Hey, what are you doing? I'm oh, just sitting here on the couch, either playing a video <laughs> game or watching a movie. All right, I'm coming over. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming over. <laughs> I'm coming over. Yeah. Riley, you're. Uh, that was it. It was awesome. Riley, your yeah, brother's awesome. actually killing it on Hockey Night in Canada. Um, he, he's doing an amazing job. And I just want to ask you one quick question about him. We're actually both of you. Who was the better player growing up? And be honest, who was the better between you and Colby? Do you want me to take a two-minute break and grab him out of the room over here? I'm actually at a house in Pittsburgh. Let's, let's do it. Hockey night yeah. Canada lamp right now. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> but he he would uh, he would actually tell you that I was the better player, but he was uh, just more in a better spotlight than I was. Um, but you know, I, I I do feel we did a lot of different things. Um, he we played kind of that same rat role. K-Mac could probably uh, attest to that. Uh, but when you're, you know, when you first make the NHL or he was a first round draft pick and I wasn't drafted, um, I think a lot more things came to him a little more naturally than I did. I think I had to work for it a little more. Um, but at the same time, uh, we both ended up at the same spot. I only got a couple games up in the NHL and he played almost 500. So uh, definitely proud of everything that, that he did. Uh, but I, I bet you if I went out in the living room right now and uh, pulled him away from NFL Sunday, he would probably tell you the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> that might be a tough task, but uh, we're, we're open to that 100%. Um, I want to I keep talking about the uh, Worcester Sharks a little bit. You were head coach by Roy Sommer, who's still with the organization. Tell me a little bit about this guy. What was he like in the room? Was he a good head coach? Was he a, a player's head coach or was he an X's and O's guy? Army, be nice. <laughs> I am, I am. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Right? Oh. You know what? I'll, I'll be honest with, with Roy. He is um, he is your, your player's coach. Um, I really do feel uh, under Roy, and, and uh, you can look at the Sharks um, roster of how many players he has developed. I'm not going to say he's an X and O's guy, but he really allows you to develop. He gives you that leash that a lot of players need to kind of know when I make a mistake, know when to do this or when to do that. And, and hey, you know what? Roy will swallow losses just as much as he'll take a win. And even though he knows the big picture for a, a hockey player and understanding that his job is to develop players for the San Jose Sharks, 
um, he takes a lot of pride in that. And he's done a really good job at that. You know, going back to, to even when I first came into the organization with Douglas Murray and Josh Georges, Jim Fahey, uh, Marcel Gotch was all down there, Christian Erhoff. You know, there's so many players that you might say, oh, Roy didn't teach us the system and stuff, but look where all these players ended up. They all ended up in the National Hockey League. If it wasn't on San Jose, it was with another team. He definitely has a big footprint in, in the game right now. Do you think uh, he's ever going to take like a head coaching job in the NHL, or do you think he's going to stay down and continue to develop players? Yeah, I, I think he's perfect in, in the American Hockey League. Not, nothing against him um, mm. from that standpoint, but I, I did love seeing him with his uh, – cowboy necktie on there on San Jose. The bolo tie. The bolo. The bolo. <laughs> he even had some of the guys up on the Sharks this year when he came up and took over. He had uh, other dudes wearing it too. It was great. It was great. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I loved Roy. Roy was an inspiration to the younger guys. You know what I mean? If, if you've learned from like Pat Burns or Ron Wilson or, or you know I mean other coaches and you go down to the HL and you're listening to Roy, you understand because, again, it may not be all X's and O's, he figures out a way to get to these players and connect to each and every one of these players. But he also knows that he's there to make sure that they can make the NHL. And that's his role is to move players up. But I, I see him being perfect. He's been with the Sharks organization for such a long time that I think he's going to, you know, I mean, he's going to stay there until he wants to retire. He's back home here. He's originally from Oakland, right? So to me, is, is he's close to home. He probably can stay at home and he's, He's got his son with him, so that's great. And let, let's be honest. Like, if a team hires him to be a head coach in the NHL, I don't know if he can still rock that bolo tie. They're, they're going to make him get a regular tie. I don't know if that guy's <laughs> down for that. No, I don't, I don't think there's any way no. anyone's taking that off of him. He's, there's no he's way. He's wearing a bolo no matter what. Yeah, there's the no GM in the world. Yeah. The, the only time the bolo tie ever came out is when we would make the trip to Texas to play against uh, yes. the Houston Arrows and the San Antonio Rampage. Yes. Boom, bolo tie on the plane and everything. Absolutely Love it. loved it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Did man. you ever join in? Did you ever wear one down there? No, but I definitely took advantage because he was very relaxed on like his attire away from the rink. Um, he liked like hunting and taking his dogs out hunting and like being out in the woods. His dogs would come to the rink. So I'd always sneak on just like a plain white tee with a dress, like with a blazer over top. And uh, I would just kind of sneak in on, you know, right, right, right in behind them. And then I didn't have to wear like the, the tie with the dress shirt on and be all comfortable on the plane. You know, it was brutal. You're flying. <laughs> hey, guys, with, with the Worcester Sharks, we aren't flying uh, private jets here. Hey, we're on commercial flights. We're going three deep. I got K-Max beside me, six foot four. Right, I'm squeezed up against the window like this. Like, come on, I, I need to wear a plain white tee here. I gotta let the armpits out. Do there they have go. to pay for two tickets for this guy to get on the plane, or what? Right. Well, they... <laughs> I was they trying to find the, the biggest row. seats. Oh my god, yeah, it was awful. <laughs> then the chairs did. The chairs don't go back, so you're like, oh, oh. my god. Yeah, K-Mac gets on our flight and he's going, hey, uh, where's the back of the plane? We got cards and wine going or what? <laughs> <laughs> this ain't the show, Kyle. Oh, that's amazing. Oh, that's great. <clears throat> oh, that's you, awesome. You touched a little on Pavelski earlier, talking about the guys you still come in uh, like contact with. When, when Pavs joined the team kind of briefly in 06, did you ever think he'd become the star that he is today? Oh, that's that's a good question. I, I think away from the rink, mentally, yes. Um, on you know, just just for an example, if uh, 
people could picture this, but after a, you know, a Saturday night of going out and we had Sunday off or something like that, I'd be on the couch or ordering wings over Worcester to cure the hangover. And Joe was at the rink riding the bike. Um, those, those are the kind of things that I even tell the players in Maine right now of things that I wish I would have done. Uh, things that Joe did. And now, and now you look at that and I try and relate that to those players to be like, Hey guys, it's a quick, easy task to do to take care of your body away from the rink so you can perform on the ice. And Joe definitely had that in him. Uh, but I think when he first got called up, I think he scored in his first game or he had two goals in his first game um, and kind of just took off from there. But um, I think when he was in Worcester, he had 26 points in like 16 games or something like that. So uh, he went on a pretty good run coming out of uh, Wisconsin. That's awesome, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm a bit, I'm a big Cavs Captain fan America myself. Three. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think Joe's great. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't think he was because he's not a vocal guy, you know, but he does lead on the ice by example. If you see him blocking shots and, and doing all the little things that a lot of guys don't want to do. Uh, but I, I wouldn't say he's like a vocal guy. Maybe he's changed his ways a little bit, but he's not going to be the guy that's going to, you know, maybe stand up in the locker room and call a guy out or yell at a guy or hold the guy accountable. But he definitely does it when he gets it on the ice. All right, so some more AHL talk. Who was the toughest guy you ran into? Because I'm sure you got into some good good tilts over the years. Who was the toughest guy that you he ran, ran into? Away in the tilt. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You didn't fight much down there, did you? Hey, you racked up the pims. You racked up the pims. You guys might know of a guy, though. His name's Brad Stobitz. Now this guy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would call him in. I'd be like, hey, Stobby, come over here. Hey. Uh, Jeremy Yablonski, he's coming after me a little bit here. Um, do you mind? I'll kind of poke him a little bit, but you got to come in. He's like, yeah, don't worry about an army. I got you. You're all good. So lo and behold, yep. here comes Stobby. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I still talk to Stobby to this day. Um, he's the ultimate teammate, ultimate friend. Uh, he would honestly have your back in any situation you needed. Um, but then we also had other guys like Fraser McLaren that saw time up in San Jose as well. Uh, that, that always had, uh, my back. Uh, I, 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 I Who didn't playing. have your back. I know. I know a lot, a lot of guys right? had my back because I, you know what though? I put a lot of guys, I, I wasn't necessarily always a power play guy. I loved the power play, but I never really got on it because you had the draft picks and things like that. And I understand that but I put a lot of guys on the power play and I uh, got them a lot of points. So yeah. I take a lot of credit in that. <laughs> Kyle, did you, Kyle, did you ever get any scraps, you know, sticking up for this guy? Not for him, just for myself. Nope. He'd okay. probably, <laughs> he'd, Fair enough. He'd probably go poke somebody in the next shift. I'm out there going, Oh, here he comes. Somebody wants to fight. And there's a lot of guys. You mean, again, I went, so, so I mean, Riley came up in the minors. I went down my last year. So there was a lot of younger guys that wanted a piece of me because I've already tasted what the show was all about for a couple of years. But again, I mean, that's part of the game. You, you stuck up for your teammates. You had to stick up for yourself no matter what. And that's what I loved about the minors a little bit more is everyone, like he's mentioned almost half the team that I was on playing with. And every one of those players at some point or another came and, and stood up for somebody else on the team and then we'd all either go for beers on Saturday night or after the game on Friday and have stay off. But we'd always somehow found a way to get back together either after the game or during. I mean, it was, it's a camaraderie down there. 
There's not a lot of guys uh, that are married. You know what I mean? There's not a lot yeah, of guys that are players. <laughs> I so think that's what? key to you, some great stories. You know, but again, there's there's some players that are career, you know, AHL players that are 33, 34 that have made a career for themselves just by staying down and playing. Uh, one of the the big fans of the show has actually been asking me to uh, ask you, Riley, about a, a good Cleveland Barons story. I don't know if you have any in your back pocket, but he's been bugging me about this. So some good stuff must have went down in Cleveland. Oh, there 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 was a ton. Uh, for, first of all, I, when I first signed with the Sharks, I was like 19, and the first year we we I I get down to Cleveland, and it was like the lockout in oh. Four, I believe, oh, oh, four, oh, five, or some, yeah. some, somewhere in there. Um, and uh, we had an unbelievable team. Like I'm talking, uh, Marcel Gotch, Airhoff, Doug Murray, Fahey, like all these guys. And you're thinking, like, how am I going to play on this team? Like Ryan, Claude, George's, like all, all these guys that just the next year went to the Sharks, and they all knew, hey, I'm not getting called up. There's no NHL, and I'm 19. 20 i couldn't even go to like a bar and all these guys are like going out and me and josh george's are like sitting at home doing absolutely nothing trying to see if we can like maybe sneak into a bar uh but we had an absolute blast but the best part was the cleveland barons we played downtown at the same stadium that the cavaliers play at nice nice 20 some thousand seats and we'd get 50 fans and so it'd be like (laughs) here come the cleveland barons and then it did (laughs) <laughs> no fans and we'd come out you know it's so hard to get up for a game like that but yeah. we, we would always do it but uh just so you guys know i, I brought a guest on the show over here oh we're joined by colby armstrong here. now colby there's the real Mike. armstrong how's it going man yeah he's, he just pops in I'm, I'm at his house right now uh visiting for thanksgiving so uh i, I gotta ask you the same question i asked riley who's the better player growing up Growing up, me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but then after that, Riles, for sure. Like, Riles, had, Riles was way faster skater, nicer hands. Probably technically, if you could look at a guy's shot, much better. Uh, I would say the thing that separated us and and still separates us to this day, fellas, is uh, IQ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say facial oh, it, they facial hair. They they call it right. hockey IQ. They call it hockey IQ in the in the biz. <laughs> well, that's why you're on TV, right? Well, you know what? Like, yeah, I can talk. I, I, I mean, I'm not much to, but thinking. Well, and- we're losing the connection on? there uh, with, with Riley here. Hopefully, when we- I was a kid, so it was kind of weird how just. I, I I think that's like now that I have a 10 year old and I coach kids and I see different kids and like each kid is so super different. I think like, what was I like, like comparatively to these kids, I'm, I'm always doing that. And I think the difference between me or other kids is that I was always just constantly thinking about hockey or like problem solving plays or problem solving myself out of a situation on the ice and i always thought about that in my head like that was just how i operated so um i don't know if every kid does that but that's just like how <laughs> i'm a psycho <laughs> and I, I think that is, is right when 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 you look at um all, all the players that crosby's had on his line 
And when Colby played with him, he put up some, like, un- unbelievable numbers. And I think it's because of, of thinking the game the right way. Um, that when you can put a winger with a smart centerman like that, that they can feed off each other. Not necessarily the best skilled guy, but a guy who thinks <laughs> the game uh, the way that, that yeah. Crosby does. You know, I think it goes hand hey, look in hand. Look, look, hey, look at Joe Thornton and uh, Jonathan Chichu. Do you know I mean? I mean, the great pairing produces points. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys, I'm just going to – I'm going to behind the scenes here try and communicate with Riley and uh, get everything sorted out. Um, Kyle, w- while I'm doing that, why don't you talk about – maybe give us some good Riley stories because uh, he gave us some good uh, Kyle McLaren stories. Uh, you know what? I mean, there's really – it's funny. I'll tell you a story about Roy Somers more so than Riley. This is when I knew uh, Roy a little bit more. We were actually in Houston. And they have canals that go downtown, all through town, I believe it is. And we were coming back from uh, dinner and uh, probably a couple of beers. And uh, one of the assistant coaches, I mean, it could have been Riley, bet him to jump in the canal, which is technically <laughs> illegal. Uh, you're not supposed to swim in the canals. And what does he do? Takes off his clothes, jumps in, swims across the canal. And they're not very wide, but again, is, is that's when I knew it was Roy was not – the person I thought he was, he was actually better because you know what? Somebody bets him twenty bucks to jump in there. He he'd jump in there for twenty bucks. I'm like, you know what? If this coach is going to do that. Then I might as well just stick around, and I stayed around for the whole year. So. All right, we have Riley back in the stream here. I, I, we caught we caught about half of what Colby said. It all sounded great, though. Uh, <laughs> big big shout out to him for uh, popping in the stream. That was awesome. Um, he might come back. He might come back here. We'll see where he's at. Depends how many beers in he is, eh? I know, right? He's always buzzing, definitely during the holidays. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, we're, we're going to move on to some more questions here. Um, you mentioned it earlier. You played two games for the San Jose Sharks. I just want to know what really stood out for you with that experience of finally making the show after playing so many years in the AHL. Yeah. Uh, you know what, though? On, honestly, going back to it, I can't even remember like a shift or anything like that. It was just a blur, right? Because you live <laughs> up for that moment your whole entire life. And um, I definitely have to say the one the one thing that definitely came out was that I, we played like Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And then I get a call Saturday after a game. I'm flying to Phoenix like at two in the morning to play Sunday night. So I'm playing like a three and three, all the other guys in the sharks are rolling off their, their private jet coming into the game, feeling good. I just flew all night. I show up for morning skate and like my normal street clothes. And they're like, Oh, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just played in Providence last night. Like, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, but I, I remember Todd, Todd McConlin put me out for my first shift. Um, with Marlo and Thornton and uh, Joe just said, go to the slot and wait. And I said, I got you. That's where I'm going to go. I sat there like Chichu just cocked for the one timer. Never came, never came, but I was ready. Yeah. If he said jump through the glass, he probably would have done that too. Let's be honest. <laughs> yes, I would have scaled the glass. I would have been a fan of the front row if you wanted to. <laughs> oh boy, if you guys saw... Sorry, I'm again. Hey, I was uh, I was playing in Atlanta at the time, and I remember Riles finally got called up, and I'm like, oh my god, this is sick! Like, journeyman, minor league guy, like undrafted, <laughs> he's getting his first NHL game. Like, I was so proud, and I remember I was like, 
I'm going to go to my coach, who was John Anderson at the time. I'm like, I'm going to say, like, can I fly to Arizona to go watch his first <laughs> NHL game? Like, this is unprecedented. I don't know if an NHL guy's ever done this, but I'm like, I'm not going to be at practice tomorrow. Like, I'm, I, I want to go watch him. Needless to say, I chickened out. My wife flew out and went and watched him live in person, which was super cool. And then yep. after the game, my parents were there, and uh, I missed – I watched on TV, but I didn't get to go there. Cause I chicken out, but my parents said that JR Jeremy Rona came out after the game and were like, just he was unbelievable, like praising Riley and just how we're gonna take care of him and just how good of a guy JR was. So, you can't say enough about the veteran guys, Kyle. You're on here, Riles. Yep. There's a lot of great things about you, but you can't say enough about the veteran guys that take care of like the new guys or the uh, rookies or the guys experiencing their first game at that moment. The veteran guys are like the glue that holds the league together, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yep. Yeah, great point, great point. Um, all right, so I want to get out of North America here. I want, I want to talk about the KHL. Now, we always hear some crazy shit coming out of Russia. I, I want to know, did you have any crazy Russian stories? Like, what was your first experience, like, getting to Russia and actually playing there? Yeah, um, I, I was playing, I actually I signed in, uh, before I went over there, I signed in the ECHL just to get a couple of games, and I was playing in Utah, so at the time we were playing in uh, Bakersfield, just out of, outside of LA, and I sign, and I fly over from LA to Kazakhstan, which is like a complete, like, like, 180, right? Like, if it's midnight in Kazakhstan, it's noon in Saskatoon, so like, that's, that's where I'm at in the world, it took me a while to process that, but when, when I got over there, everything in, in Kazakhstan was just, like, backwards, to, to be honest. Um, I asked Did you see a, a few Borats stick. running around the streets? <laughs> but, like, I, I asked for a hockey stick, and this this uh, lady opens this door and, like, slides in, and she comes out with, like, one stick. Like, I'm not allowed <laughs> to see in the room, right? And I'm like, one stick? What's, like, what's one stick going to do? So, and then she was like, nope. You're good. You're good. I was like, okay. So I just cut one stick down. I used like one stick for a week, you know, and then also driving to the airport. It's just cops stand on the side of the road with guns like this. Like they don't have cars. They just point at you and you're like, yeah, I'm pulling over. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't want to be in the Kazakh prison. That's uh that's. Oh that's my scary. God. No. That's yeah, yeah, no, no, no. My my very first game, though, I come out and I'm in the starting lineup. I'm all jazzed up, you know, just coming off this like hundred hour flight. I line up right winger. Yogs is the left winger on the. Oh other shit! Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm like, hey, what's up, Yogs? And he's like, welcome to Russia. I was like, yeah, cool, thanks. Like, <laughs> now I'm like, <laughs> just go at it. Yogs was so good over there. Like, yeah, the big ice, he just dominated. Like, I remember I, like, was skiing, holding on to his arm like this, down the <laughs> hole in the rink, and he was just stick howling with one hand, and, and he played with ankle weights on, too. Yeah. What an animal. What an absolute animal. This guy. That's brutal. Animal. Oh, I love it. So, uh, you, you must have been pretty pumped going from the KHL to go into, you know, Western Europe, playing in Germany and Sweden and Finland. I, I want to know, like, which one of those leagues that you played in in Europe was the most enjoyable for you, the best experience? I would probably have to go in, in Germany. I played in the DEL a couple of times and also in the DEL too. 
And um, there's so many imports that play in those leagues that when you go over there, everyone speaks English. Like when you go to the room, it's not like you're in Europe. You're just like, hey, what's up, boys? Right. Like, hey, what's going on? What's up with this? What'd you do last night? You know, it's not like you're going over there and being like, what the heck? Like over in Russia, I come out of the shower, right? My bod, six pack jacked. I come out, I'm like, oh, I grab this towel. I snap it, drying off. And this guy comes over and he's like, he, Lu Lucas Kaspar was on my team over in Kazakhstan. So Lucas comes over. He's like, hey, uh, Army, uh, that's his towel. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, it's, isn't this like the trainer's full towels? He's like, no, no, no. You bring your own towel from home. I'm like, what? Come on. Jeez. <laughs> that's a far cry from the NHL. My God. We're talking about towels. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I you figured I'd come out and... Vinny Ferilio's like folding my own towel, you know, like cool, just throw it on the, the desk there and I'll use it, you know, like so. I had to bring my own towel from home, and uh, but over in Germany, it was way more relaxed, way more North American ish, where you could just you come out, it's just like being here, you know, it was awesome. I brought my family over later on, uh, and uh, absolutely had a blast with my uh, wife and daughter, like just absolutely yep. loved it over there. Yeah, I mean, I hear yeah. Germany is an amazing place. You got yeah, two kids now, don't you? You got two yeah, kids two now. Kids. Ten, ten year old awesome. girl and a five year old boy. And uh, I know, I know, K Mac, you you look at me now, and you <laughs> yeah. even think about it, but uh, it, it happened. It happened. Yeah, right. Right. That's awesome. <laughs> hey, I'm happy for you. That's awesome. Do you know what I mean? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, awesome. You already got the little dude in skates. Oh yeah, yeah. He buzzes around. Um, he's 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 like our wild child. Uh, no fear. He doesn't hesitate. Um, but I, I think, uh, going forward, you're gonna have to, it's, it's, it's a lot easier now, you know, you got to kick somebody in the ass to get, get them going or pull them back on the reins. And I'd rather pull back on the reins than have to <laughs> kick somebody in the ass. So it's, uh, yep. I, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident with him. That's awesome, man. So Good. kind of fast forwarding into this year for, uh, the ECHL, the, the Mariners actually opted out of the season. So what does that mean for you kind of moving forward? Yeah, I'm pretty much in uh, limbo right now. Um, we have a good ownership group, though, with Comcast. Uh, Danny Briere is my uh, boss. Uh, awesome to work for him as well. Um, so I think just going forward, it's it's going to be such a quick turnover to the new season here in 21-22. Uh, hopefully once everything gets sorted out. Uh, but, you know, it's already going to be recruiting for another team. So uh, it takes a lot at this league to be the coach, the GM, recruit. You're doing a ton of stuff. You wear a ton of hats. So, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely going to be something that uh, we're already looking forward and building towards. That's awesome. Awesome. Riley, I, I, we won't take up more of your time here. I know you got some football to go watch with your brother, but we really appreciate you coming on the show. And honestly, like, you're welcome to come on anytime. This has been great. I'm sure you have more stories uh, to tell us. So uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. I, I, I honestly have more about KMAC. I didn't get into uh, a couple other ones that I had, uh, but I think we can share those for another uh, Sunday night. Uh, that'll probably bring a, a tear to his eye on uh, the, the happy <laughs> side, but also the sad side. Right. All right. We're, we're making this guy regular. That's it. Book it. This guy's a regular <laughs> on the Stick Hungry podcast. Awesome, Riley. Thanks so much, man. Awesome. I appreciate Thanks, guys. Riley. Thanks, KMAC. Take care, we'll Riley. Take care. See you, boys. Happy Take Thanksgiving. Care. Thanks. You too, guys. Have fun. Enjoy Cheers. that cranberry sauce.
Oh, oh God, no. <laughs> Don't get me oh, started. God, no. Don't get me started. All right, on that note, Riley Armstrong. Get him out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again to Riley for uh, joining us on this episode. And, and Colby Armstrong, actually. I was not expecting that. But yeah, nice uh, little surprise. Nice little surprise. Nice little surprise. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we're going to get into the segment, the world-famous segment, Nick will try it. And then we're also going to get into the THPN jersey giveaway. We're going to announce the winner. You're going to be pumped because you're getting a new San Jose Sharks jersey. This is episode 81 of the Stick Hungry Podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Boys, what an awesome interview that was. I'm pumped. That was awesome. Yeah, Riley's a good good, Riley's a good dude. Yeah, Riley's yeah, no, he's, he's, yeah. I, I'm stoked to hear more, uh, more Kyle stories out of him because yeah, just no. the, the look on his face, the look on his face, I could tell there's more there. He I was cheesing the second we asked for Kyle stories. He had this huge <laughs> smile on his <laughs> yeah. face. He was ready to I, go. Yeah, a hundred percent. Oh, and you know what? You know, Colby Armstrong crashed the episode, but we have someone else that's going to crash the episode. Nate Thomas from the Quack Report. Nate, how you how you doing, buddy? Everywhere. He's like a disease. And uh, it looks like Nate's mic is on mute because we can't hear Nate. Uh, we can see him. We can see that ring light in the reflection wow. of his glasses. Wow. He's crashing the party of no He's mic. putting a finger up. He, he just flipped us off on air. This guy's coming in from Anaheim. <laughs> Still can't hear him. I don't know what's going on with him. All right, Nick. Let's, uh, let's start this Nick Will Try It segment. What, what have we All got right. on tap today? So I believe it was a 4% margin victory. It, it was a great one. It was, yeah, it was a real close one. What was it between? It was between the Tabasco-infused dark chocolate and the wasabi peas. So I think what pulled ahead last time I checked, and I kind of hope it's the actual winner, was actually the Tabasco-infused chocolate. So I went down to my local world market, and I got this. It's in this beautiful little red, like, it's like a dip container. It's like a, a tall, uh, it's like a long and skinny dip container. Little, little Open tip. it up on the inside. It's nice. It smells amazing, by the way, guys. I'm going to grade this really well. It's nice. It's these cute little pizza slice wedges. So A lot different from last week with uh, yes. Vegemite. Yes, I highly doubt it's going to taste even remotely as bad as Vegemite did. Okay, and, I, uh, I, I mean, the mic going. Do you guys hear me now? Oh, we oh can look, hear... it's Nate. There, there we, we go. go. There we go. There we go. Okay, now I, I just wondered, does it does it smell spicy at all? You know, when you when you hold on, let me um, when you waft it, you you smell like hardcore chocolate. Look, it's a oh my god, it's less than two percent, less than a two percent victory. Wow. But when you when you smell it in the back of your throat, you kind of get that little tinge of like the spice on it, and I think it has to do with the fact that there's some vinegar in there. But boy, it it just smells like really good chocolate. If I'm being honest with you, just yeah, it just smells pretty good. Nate, have you so, ever tried this stuff before? No, I haven't. I stay no. away from Tabasco. I uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I am not much for uh, spicy and all that. Uh, I know my stepdad was like pretty much like all my parents have like been for the spicy stuff. I remember my stepdad would get like uh like the extra hot wings put them in the oven and then halfway through put tabasco on them oh um but See, oh that's... man <laughs> he's like the franks guy he puts that yeah. shit on everything oh, yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> well I tabasco do. isn't necessarily hot because it, it, it's a vinegar based hot yeah. sauce but so it's it's got it just adds a little bit more of like a a tongue style of like heat to it because of how the vinegar just kind of like sits in your mouth mm. so i think this is actually going to taste really good i like really i like spicy stuff 
I don't like over the top stuff like I don't know Carolina Reaper chips, but these are these are uh, the Tabasco in my opinion isn't really that spicy. But I mean, without further ado, instead of beating around the bush, I'm just gonna try one of these nice little wedges for you guys. So all right, let's. let's see I'm gonna, I'm just gonna take the whole thing. So drum roll, please. Oh, it's so chocolatey. He's got a good form with his chew. <laughs> of course I do. <laughs> see don't where this goes, the chew. Let's see where this goes. I mean, it just tastes great. It just tastes like really good chocolate. I don't really... Well, that's disappointing. I don't taste a whole lot of... Wait. <laughs> I'll probably hit you in a second. Okay. Much like when you smell it... I'm spitting everywhere. Much like when you smell it... You taste the chocolate around your mouth, but you get the spice in the back of your throat. So when you swallow it, it's got just a tiny little bit of heat in the back. But it's honestly amazing. Like this is actually really good because it's not overpowering in flavor, but it kind of complements the chocolate in a sense to where you won't. You're not getting too much of one thing or the other because it's a dark chocolate as well. It's not like a milk based. Yeah. Well, it's a milk based chocolate, but it's not like a milk chocolate or like a really light chocolate. I think the fact that it is a dark chocolate is what makes it so much better. You definitely feel it a little bit more afterwards. Like I can feel it in my ears. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys, but when something's really hot, it kind of clears sinuses out. That isn't chocolate you're eating. Oh God. Calma, <laughs> Calma Claire just jumped down. He left. He's like, Oh God, he's eating dog shit. No, no. <laughs> no, I can feel it more in my ears than anything. This is actually okay. really weird, but I'm going to have another one because it's actually pretty good. So I would recommend it trying it. It does sound tasty, honestly. It is like so I'm not good. Much of a spicy guy, but like it just sounds. Me neither. You could add, have it, it with a glass something. of milk, and it would just be bomb diggity. And bomb I'm thinking of getting a glass of milk, good. but the fridge is so far away. <laughs> but if I eat all these, my wife's gonna kill me because she wanted to try some, and it was amazing. So there you go. There you go. Out of ten, what it. would you give it? What's the, what's I'd give the rating? It. So it's really like rich chocolate, kind of like a Hershey's. Man, you should be a food critic. The way you're describing all this, I'm like, man, I can do this. I'd eat it and be like, yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Just, I mean, I want to get into detail for you guys. For I all the podcasters it. and everyone that's really trying to get into this, it's a really thick chocolate. So I want to say these triangles are about a quarter of an inch to maybe a half an inch thick. So it's really thick. It's really dense. It's got really good flavor. And it packs an aftertaste of heat. So it's they complement each other really well. So... And with like like I said before, with a cold glass of milk, it's it would be amazing. I would give it like, like honestly, I give it like a nine. I give it a nine out of ten. It tastes better than coffee crisp. And I'm gonna tell you that right now because okay. my wife and I. Okay. No. Okay. Okay. My I, wife I, and I, I actually that, tried oh, coffee man. crisp and a couple and? of hours ago, and uh, we didn't we didn't fare for it. It didn't really. Uh, it didn't really appeal to us per se it was too wafery and i know that's not what we're talking about here we're supposed to be talking about yeah hey, uh, nate nate you want to co-host my uh podcast <laughs> yeah sure i'm down to take on two let's do, let's do it we we weren't very impressed with coffee crisp we actually thought the arrow bar was better than the coffee crisp because All right, you know what that's fair be it, it, it i would rate these i mean it's a different type of flavoring obviously but i would probably have this before I had another arrow, and I'd have arrow before I had another coffee crisp, just in that order so far. Like honestly, this is very pleasantly surprising compared to last week, 
eating Vegemite. So if you guys see any of this out there, it's a McElhenney Tabasco spicy chocolate. I'd recommend going and grabbing some. It, it comes in this nifty little container and it tastes well. Let's uh, let's see if we can get a sponsorship out of this. Come on, Tabasco. Let's let's get on it. Chipotle, have you had the Chipotle Tabasco? No. Oh no. my God! It is like uh, think of Tabasco, but elevated to the next level. It's well, so. I'm not, a big, I'm not a big Tabasco guy, so that's that's not raising it very high. <laughs> it goes from a one to a two. It's double. <laughs> You're just telling me yeah. it's more spicy, man. Come on. It's it's not as vinegary. It's not as like. You know how it's kind of watery when you kind of throw it out there? You're like, it's got no, like, uh, viscosity to it. It's just too watery, right? So the Chipotle sauce the, or the Chipotle infusion, it gives it a little bit more viscosity of, like, a normal hot sauce. And it's flavored way better. Guys, we, we've said something that's triggered Producer Pigeon. Because now I see him at his computer ready to go. He's actually jumped in the stream here. Oh, no, and, I, and I, he's I coffee crisp. Oh, man. He's about to go off about something. And I'm sure it is coffee crisp related um because man you just don't talk smack about coffee crisp i'm sorry i I, i'm not gonna lie i had two today i had two coffee crisp i went for the double bar because that's what you do i tried to my girlfriends earlier today but it didn't happen (laughs) she caught me (laughs) all right producer producer pigeon what what do you got to say for yourself i I don't want to hear anything bad about coffee crisp thank you this podcast thank you sir (laughs) thank you nothing it's amazing there you have it from I, producer pigeon i had what was left in the wrapper of dylan's coffee crisp yeah you know it, it melted a little bit of my pocket there's there's some coffee there's some crisp on on, on the packaging and he he looked it up like a good pigeon that's he what, ate half the packaging too that's what pigeons do sorry i just wasn't that impressed with it like maybe it was because it didn't live up to the hype i don't know like i i was told it was going to be this amazing life-changing experience and honestly I mean, what more do you want it was a crunchy coffee chocolate snack. It it was it was like so out proportion. There was way too much crisp and not enough coffee. Hence the name, Nick. Yeah, but the coffee comes first. <laughs> he's, he's got a point. He's got a. There's way too much wafer in there. Like honestly, you cut out. You could cut the coffee crisp bar in half, like long ways, and it would be much better. Like don't, a don't Kit start Kat. Talking about altering our, our national chocolate here, man. Don't, Americans don't just never satisfied. Now it is good to dip into coffee, though. See, we oh, didn't try that. That okay. that is pretty good. I don't that would make more sense. It would add more coffee to the crisp, therefore evening yeah. out the disproportionate amount of flavor. So, mm-hmm. great talk, great talk about coffee crisp. <laughs> Sorry to have ruined your guys' expectations. The Tabasco was great. No, I'm this. I'm just disappointed <laughs> in you. I, I like I I know coffee crisp is amazing. I'm just I'm just a little bit disappointed, Nick. Is That's that it. a? Tear? I mean, it's no veggie. Are you crying? Right, so. Yes, I am actually. Yeah. <laughs> And I will do more after the show. I'd rather As eat, I eat a coffee. Crisp. I'd rather eat Vegemite than coffee crisp. Now that, that that's, that's slander. That's just incorrect. That <laughs> will not be tolerated. <laughs> this is All a right. family and friendly environment. <laughs> Nate, for next week, you got any suggestions for uh, the Nick will try segment? Uh, well, I did suggest some uh, unagi sushi, but I guess Nick is quite the uh, sushi connoisseur. Oh, don't like. get me started. <laughs> Oh, I, I have oh, to thank man. my wife for that. She turned me on to uh, to sushi here, and it's just been you, there's no such thing as a bad roll. Like I, no, I just I have yet to run so, into one, so, so they're good. amazing. Um, I know it kind of varies depending on where you are in the states. How hard would it be to get some Ruffles all dressed chips? Whew, I'm sure I could find a way to get them. Like if yeah. I just gotta find them. That's that's it. If yeah, we if it, it becomes was, the winner, we'll have to put the the poll out on Tuesday. 
to then for only about 24 hours. So that way I would have ample time to find it. And if I needed it to get shipped in, like with Amazon Prime or something, I can do that. So yeah, I, and I would it has to be Ruffles specifically. I don't I like are the you, best. I, I like Ruffles all dressed, but I don't think it's like are they that much different than any other all dressed chip? I think they are just with like the chip itself, right? Because you could make the argument then of like, oh, Lay's and like normal uh or like Lay's and Pringles, like plain are the same, but they aren't. True. So true. Yeah, I think it's like the, the chip and the seasoning is what makes it. So Okay, there we go. This is, I am this... attempting to find it right now, so Sweet. give me a moment. I'm just surprised you guys don't have ruffles. I mean, it's a, it's a staple here. And, we do. And... We do have ruffles. I've never seen the all-dressed chip, yeah, it's, which it's all according dressed. to the bag, it oh. says, like, can made in Canada. So. Okay, so wait. All-dressed uh, is the Canadian thing. It's like ketchup chips here. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Like, like, what are you guys doing down there, honestly? <laughs> like, we're we're light years ahead of you. All dressed, baby. Oh man, I can't believe you've been missing out. We're eating paydays, okay, and having Chipotle Tabasco. They also have like a legit <laughs> all day breakfast at McDonald's. I will give them that at least. Oh, yeah, we got that going on too. Ours 11... is so half ass, ain't it? Like, it, it's it's well, at 11 a.m. They cut off hash browns. If there's what? one thing that we do right, it is fast food, okay? <laughs> Don't get that. me started. Okay, I put it in. Okay, I put it in. Rigid agrees. All dressed on the worldmarket.com website, and all I have are women's dresses. So I'm a little bit. You know what, Nick? You can try one of those too. Yep. Don't get me started. I would rock that shit. <laughs> oh, this has been don't great. Don't get too excited here, Nick. Hey, what pays the bills pays the bills, man. Like, don't get me. Started. All right, this is getting out of hand. This is getting out of hand. Come on, we gotta. You know what we gotta do? We gotta pick our winner. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. This is what everyone's been waiting for. They've been waiting for an hour and six minutes almost to I hear the winner of the Hockey Podcast Network jersey giveaway. The number one, the most retweeted tweet of all of the podcasts. Like even the, was what's that? What's that duck one? What's that duck? Ah, <laughs> oh, the ones with the really bad jerseys. Ah, <laughs> oh, the quack report. That's yeah, right. I got like a hundred pound desk in front of me, and I'm about to flip it here. Yeah, <laughs> you're strong, man, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> the quackheads over at the quack report <laughs> suffering defeat to their bitter rivals the quackheads oh. the quackheads <laughs> i like it i like it that's like your that fan base hashtag quackheads yep, there you go i like it <laughs> all right the winner of the jersey is at mr underscore mrs playmaker uh his username is f gomez eight <laughs> on twitter he's a he's a big uh he's a big sharks fan actually i checked this guy's profile after i uh chose the winner so he's a big uh bay area sports fan so big shout out to you you win a san jose sharks jersey uh we'll get in contact with you about the details but uh congratulations sir congratulations congrats again without you guys without the fans we wouldn't have even been in in this like situation to be able to get this jersey. Uh, congratulations to the winner! Uh, we'll get everything squared away. Just happy that we have the best fans in the hockey podcast network. And I swear I didn't just make a burner account, so I actually just buy the jersey for myself. Like, <laughs> yeah. that, that did not happen here. I guess. Yeah, definitely not with that username. Definitely. No, I, we, had, we had about like we had one guy come in and he he wrote a little blurb about like, oh, I really hope I win this. And all of a sudden, there's like six, seven accounts right afterwards with the same phrase, like the same wording, saying, "Oh, I really want this huge San Jose Sharks fan." No, man, you you can't fool me that easily. I know they're burner accounts. Red flags. Red flags. Huge everywhere. red flags. Huge Major. red flags. <laughs>
Oh man, this is uh wow, this, this has been, been quite the episode. Like at the start, you know, it was going pretty smooth, then then my internet cut out and the power almost went out. I thought the whole show was over. I was getting ready to tell Kyle, you know, tell Riley we can't do it. Like the show's the show's over, it's been destroyed, but you know, I came back in and uh Riley was an amazing interview. I, I like I, I'm I'm pumped on that and I'm pumped to bring him back on the show as well. Yeah, it's gonna I, be exciting. I got to say as an outsider, like I was watching this show before I hopped on again and yeah, that was a great interview. That was, it was awesome guys. Yeah. I mean, we, we had some connection issues throughout the interview, but I mean, it, it happens. Uh, it doesn't exactly. And then Colby Armstrong jumping in like that, that was amazing as well. We heard about half of what he had to say and it all, you know, it sounded pretty good. Half of it at least. And the uh, other half was buzzed because he was, he was slurring a little bit there. He was feeling himself. <laughs> Yeah. He was having a great Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was. That's for sure. He was having fun. Feeling himself. But man, uh, I, I can't wait to bring uh, Riley back on the show, though. He's he's going to give us more dirt and Kyle McLaren. I'm sure of it. I'm excited. I'm going to write it all down. I was kind of upset <laughs> that we lost Kyle, like right as I hopped on. So I haven't. I mean, I haven't seen him in ages. I was like a little kid when I last saw him. But uh, like his mom is best friends with my grandma. So it's like small world there. So I was just like, oh man, like, of course, like as soon as I hop on, that's when he's got, that's probably why is because I hopped on. Let's be all Canadian. Yeah. You're now, yeah. Come on, mate. Like you're making all these Americans think every Canadian knows every Canadian, you know, like, do you know Dave from Vancouver? It's like, oh, yeah, I know Dave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Down by the Tims. Oh, man. <laughs> good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, all right, boys. Uh, Nate, Nick, do you have anything else you want to say before we end off this podcast? Yeah, I mean, I got I got one more thing. We got the holidays coming around the corner, and uh, what better present to give a, a friend or significant other than a Stick Hungry Podcast shirt? Go to the Stick Hungry Get yourself some nice merch. It's wonderful. It's great fit. It's it's absolutely it's a it'd be a perfect gift for anybody. Your dog. Your your son. Your neighbor's son doesn't matter. Your get ex-wife. A, get it. Get it all. Yeah, we'll yeah, send it. Door. <laughs> we'll have the pigeon drop ship it directly to your house. <laughs> It'll be a blast. More busy. <laughs> see the, just see a pigeon flying with a massive Amazon box attached to his foot, barely like struggling to get off the ground. You know what, Nate? Like I'd pay extra. I have Amazon Prime. I'll pay for shipping if that's how it shows up to my yeah. door. Yeah, oh, I agree. yeah, yeah, exactly. The new kind of drone. It's alive. Yeah, and it, and it might shit on your package, but hey. It's I mean, you game. want you want to talk about reverse retro there. There we go. We reverse yeah. retro the delivery process. <laughs> it's an Amazon parcel on a pigeon. Uh, I love it. All right, guys. This is, uh, like I said, this has been an interesting episode, but it's been a fun one. Uh, let's give a shout out to our Twitter handles. Nate, you can stay around for the ending because uh, you might as well. You're here anyways. Yeah, you're, sure. basically, you're basically part of the show. Uh, you Ooh, can give fans might not like that. <laughs> They'll you can get give over the it. Stick Hungry Podcast a follow on Twitter at Stick Hungry Pod. You can give myself a follow at DYL underscore THPN. Uh, go, Nate. Where can the fans find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tate Thomas. Just take Nate Thomas, switch the entity around. Throws me off every time. I want to call you Tate. Um, <laughs> Nick, where can the fans find you? You can find me on Twitter at Nick Floor underscore. And by the way, Nate. My usernames in all of my games, all of my IGNs is Flicknor. So I like what you did there, bud. Yeah, there I like what you did. See, and I went with Tate Namas because I actually could get that for every single social media thing. Exactly. Oh, 
So it's, it's strategic. Strategic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like Thomas it. is a lot more common of a name than you would think. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh, producer Pigeon, where can the fans find you? Uh, he's pointing at a thing that says at producer underscore Pigeon. Uh, great work today, Pigeon. You didn't do much, but you're here. You're here in spirit. So there you go. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Like I said, this has been a fun one. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Thanks, everybody, for watching the stream. We will catch you next week.